and you're desperate for some healing let me tell you about my jesus he makes a way when there ain't no way rises up from an empty grave ain't no sinner that he can't save let me tell you about my jesus his love is strong and his grace is free and the good news is i know that he can do for you what he's done for me let me tell you about my jesus and let my jesus change your life hallelujah 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 amen amen wipe away the tears and broken dreams and wasted years until the past to disappear let me tell you about my jesus and all the wrong turns that you would go and undo if you could who can work it all for your good let me tell you about my jesus he makes a way when there ain't no way rises up from an empty grave ain't no sinner that he can't save let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and His grace is free. And the good news is I know that He can do for you what He's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. And let my Jesus change your life. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. the price for all my guilty who would care that much about me let me tell you about my jesus oh he makes a way when there ain't no way rises up from an empty grave ain't no sinner that he can't save let me tell you about my jesus his love is strong and his grace is free and the good news is i know that he can do for you what he's done for me let me tell you about my jesus and let my jesus change your life hallelujah 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 thank you today for all you uh, all you are lord we thank you for this opportunity to be in your house lord we just want to uh think about this time of year lord and uh just give you praise and give you honor lord and just uh we're so thankful uh that you have given us all that you have and lord we know we don't deserve it sometimes lord but you are there and you're always uh, with us and you're always for us in jesus name i pray amen
never fails me in all my days I've been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head oh I will sing of the goodness of God in all my you have been faithful in all my life you have been so so good with every breath that I am able oh I will sing of the goodness of God of your voice darkest night You are close like no other known you as a father known you as a friend and I have lived in the goodness of God In all my life you have been faithful You have been so, so good With every breath that I am able Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God Cause your goodness is running after, it's running after me Your it's running after, it's running after me With my life laid down and surrender now I give you everything Your goodness is running after, it's running after me Your goodness is running after, it's running after me Your goodness is running Every breath that I 
Kind of a special day for us, and uh, I tell you what, Cliff, just leave it like like it is. I I, I think that's I think that's fine, or turn them on, whichever way. <laughs> no, that, go ahead and turn them down. Go go back the way it was. Surprisingly, that really helped me right, right there. That's really actually kind of the, uh, in a weird sort of way, what I want to say. We're going to have uh, special people speaking to us this morning. James Pagan, Cindy Moy, Sarah Riddle are all going to be speaking to us. And this is kind of, kind of in-house, okay? These aren't people from, from somewhere else. They're people from, from right here. And that's why I wanted to take this time right now, right here, just to uh, kind of stop a little bit, take a break a little bit. Uh, it's difficult for them to stand up here and speak. And it's difficult for everyone, for all of us. And you can imagine as, as you sit out there, uh, because it's not you, you know, it's easy. But, but it, it isn't. It, it's it's tough, to, tough to get up here and speak. And so I'm going to, what we're going to do is take a little break right here, stop a minute, and, and pray for them. And, uh, that, and I think it was when Amy was speaking at 10 o'clock, she used the scripture, perfect love casts out fear. And I use that a lot. I have to use that. I have to use that every week. Perfect, two or three times a week. Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. And so when I feel that fear, I go, okay, now I'm doing this because I love. I'm doing it because I love the Lord. And I'm doing it because I love you. Okay. Perfect love casts out fear. And so for James and Cindy and Sarah, that's, I, that's what I want to say to you. Perfect love casts out fear. And so when, you're, when you stand up to speak, you're speaking to people for, for the Lord. You're speaking to people for the Lord, doing it out of love. Now, uh, all three of you at the end, and you say, well, it's, it's, it was still tough. Yeah, it's still tough, but it kind of puts it in perspective. I'm doing it because I, because I love I'm convinced that uh, when these three people speak, it's going to help them. But I'm convinced, absolutely convinced, that it's going to help someone here. That when James speaks, when Cindy speaks, when Sarah speaks, there's something that they say. Uh, maybe the way they say it, but something they say that's going to help you. And something, they're, they're going to say something that the Holy Spirit is going to use to help you, to touch you, to speak to you. The Holy Spirit is going to speak through them today, okay? And I want to be uh, on the front row and receive it. Receive that for which God has for me, okay? Let's pray. Lord, help us as we come into your house to, 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 today and, and right now, right now, in this moment we have right now, that it would not, that this would not be just part of the program, that it, we, that it's not just, uh, we're not doing this right now because it comes next on the list, 
we want it to be, we pray for it to be, we anticipate it to be, that this is the Holy Spirit speaking to us, just as he does through the songs that we sing. This is the Holy Spirit speaking to us through, through these folks. I pray for James and that you would allow him to really get that perfect love casts out fear. And James has something to say to us. And James has something to say to someone particular here. I pray for Cindy also that perfect love casts out fear. And Cindy has something to say to us. There's somebody here in the room that needs to hear what she has to say. And I pray for Sarah and that perfect love would cast out all fear. And there's somebody here today who needs to hear what Sarah has to say. Father, move in them, bless them. There's no doubt in my mind that you will and that you are. Father, pray f I pray for us as we hear what your Holy Spirit has to say through people. I don't know why you've designed it this way. I've wondered that a lot. Why has God designed it in such a way that the Holy Spirit speaks through people? And I don't know why, but I know the, the scriptures are full, full of God speaking through each other. The Holy Spirit speaking through us to reach someone else. I do know that the Lord wants us to be a family. We are the family of God. And we help each other. We encourage each other. And the book of, the book of Hebrews tells us, and that so much the more as you see the day approaching. And we need to be doing it even more. We don't need to be encouraging and helping and speaking and, and helping and encouraging less. We need to be doing it more as we see the day approaching. Father, help us to do that. Lift each other up. Encourage each other. Help us to love each other somewhat as you have loved us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. James is going to come on up, and that's all the introducing I'm going to do. Each speaker just uh, come next, and so God bless you, James. Good morning. That's starting all over, isn't it? <laughs> Brother Darrell had asked me several weeks ago if I would be willing to do this, and he said it's going to be that I've got something to say. And after some prayer, I told him that I would do it, and I've prayed a lot about it and what God would have me to say. Some of it's hard. Some of it's not. Some of it's happy. So I hope you'll just bear with me as I share the only thing that I have to share. And it's my testimony. I've studied. I've looked for something else. And it's like the Spirit said, no, this is what you're supposed to do. You tell them what I've done for you. That's all you can do. The song that we just sung winds up, and I'm going to try to say this because I don't know that I'll remember it at the end, but it's what the whole point of what I hope to get across is. And it said, all my life you have been so good to me. You've been faithful, God, all my life. And that I want to wind up being faithful to him because he's been so good to me. So I start 
my story with saying that I say a lot that I believe God takes care of the ignorant. And I always say that about me, not about somebody else. Uh, that he takes care of me when I don't have enough sense to take care of myself. I went to church, as, to Winston Sunday School as a child, and honestly, I don't remember much about it. I uh, don't know if I was just the main kid that was playing with wasp in the window and not paying attention or what the deal was, but I don't remember much about it. So I did have a, a start with God, but, n but not a big one. Uh, but I look back, you know, that even when I'm not paying attention to God, I think God is paying attention to me. He gave me, I've said many times, gave me my, the love of my life in our high school years. And I married her. And I believe, you know, I wasn't looking. I've, known, I've heard Brother Darrell tell the story that he was praying for the right one, and I wasn't. I was looking for what I wanted. But, you know, in hindsight, as I look back, I thank God that he was looking after me when I wasn't looking after him. I praise him for it. So then we move along a few years later, and, and God, I believe, opened the doors for a job. That I, that I got. Wasn't looking for a job, was satisfied where I was at, but they came and, and talked to me. And, uh, you know, we've all got to have a job. And so I've had one for a little over 40 years that I've enjoyed. It's been a good job for me. I thank God that he put that with, on me. Still, I wasn't looking for him, but I believe he was taking care of poor old ignorant me. So it's all a matter of perspective in my mind. So... We go along, uh, you know, there's a lot of things happen in, in the course of 40 years, but somewhere along the way, uh, Brynn started having trouble, that's my wife, with her memory, diagnosed with early onset dementia. And so over the course of six or seven years, as her mind faded and God gave her to me, and it felt it's my job. She's my responsibility to take care of, and I accepted that willingly. But fairly early on in that, I had a stroke. <laughs> Didn't know that I had a stroke. Went to the doctor for an MRI because I was having some trouble, and they wouldn't let me leave the hospital. I said, You've got a, you're having a stroke ongoing for two to three weeks, and how they tell that from an MRI, I have no idea. But uh, walked away from that with very little repercussions. Uh, the doctor told me several times, he said, you're my walking miracle. With what I saw on an MRI, nobody walks away from that without permanent damage. And I said, well, I praise God because he's got something left me here for me to do. And I thank him for it. And I've told people that. And they said, well, then why, God would, would, why would God let you have the stroke? And I said, it doesn't matter. I have no idea. I'll praise him that I am where I am. So then a few years later, well, he takes away the love of my life. And, you know, I struggled with that. Struggled with that. Still have my times. But... In all of it, I see God's hand at work. And I don't know why, you know, you expect to grow old with somebody 
and then they're not there. there. But there's a reason for it. And then a few weeks ago, I tell, tell this story. I have having trouble with my side one week and for two or three days, nothing major. And then the next week, well, it hit again. And uh, was feeling bad, went to bed, uh, realized during the night I was running a fever. I was freezing to death, didn't feel good. And I tell people, I said, it's like God thumped me on the head. Because I'm not big about going to the doctor, you know. It's just a pain in my side. It'll go away. But during the night, he's thumping me on the head and saying, you need to pay attention to this, boy. This could be serious. Uh, and I think that he put the mind there, in my mind there that it could be appendicitis. Uh, and I know that when your appendix bursts, it's a bad deal. So I go to the doctor the next day, and sure enough, it is. And so they take that out, tell me it was, I don't know, on the verge of rupturing. The surgeon said that when he started to, taking it out, it was crumbling apart. And they had to work on me pretty good to get it all sucked out, gangrious. And so I think it was right at the point of being a lot worse than it was. And again, so why does God let you have that? And they said, well, it's not typical for an old man to have appendicitis, but it was for me. But I'll see God at work through all these things, through the good, through the bad. He's always there. He's always taking care of me, just like the song says, that he's always been faithful. Through the good, through the bad, no matter what, when I turn to him, he's that voice in the dark of the night that encourages me, that lifts me up. I know that my bad things are no worse than anybody else's. You know, I know that the good is, well, I don't know if the good is always better for me than somebody else's. But in all those things, God draws me closer as long as I focus on him. I look back, like I said, even before I started coming to him, that he was always taking care of me. And so I think it's a, a matter of our attitude. Nothing happens to us that God does not know about, that God does not allow. We have this discussion once in a while on what God causes, what he allows. Uh, life is life. We face the good, we face the bad. Hopefully, we put our trust in God that he'll take care of it all. So that's my testimony. I hope that it helps you. James, you're a lot better than me because I have to have notes. You didn't have anything. Um, well, Daryl had asked me to speak, and I certainly have something to say. Um, I'm not sure that he thought it through when he asked and he told me I only had 10 minutes, but I'm going to try to hold to that. Um, truthfully, you know, I've struggled with what I needed to say. Um, 
when I really didn't figure it all out until last night because I had everything figured out, I thought, and last night it just went all out the window. <laughs> so he gave me something new to say. Um, and if I needed to, if, if I said everything that I needed to say, we'd be here way past the 10 minute mark. So what I wanna say today is that I'm thankful. I'm very thankful. Um, one thing I'm thankful for is God's word that he gives to us. Um, I'm so thankful that he leaves it here for us to cling on to in times of sorrow and just painful times in our lives. Um, I'm thankful for scriptures like Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And that's one of my very favorite verses. Um, it gives me hope. It gives me peace. Um, it confirms to me how much God loves me. And it gives me comfort. Um, I'm thankful for Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the substance of what we hope for, the evidence of things we do not see. And I'm also thankful for Isaiah 57, 1 through 2. Good people pass away. The godly often die before their time. But no one seems to care or wonder why. No one seems to understand that God is protecting them from the evil to come. For those who follow godly paths will rest in peace when they die. If I'd not had this God's word or his presence in my life to hold on to these past 111 days, I'm not sure that I would have made it. Because on August 3rd, I received a phone call that no parent wants to get. My life was changed forever. My whole world was turned upside down. Most of you know that my son was in a horrific accident at his work, and for 19 days, my family and I were on a roller coaster that we just could not seem to get off. Um, it changed daily. Sometimes it was hourly, sometimes it was by the minute, sometimes it was by the second. I remember all that I wanted to do was fix that situation. I wanted to fix my son because that's what moms do. I felt helpless. I asked God to heal him, that this just can't be happening. Praying often during those 19 days for God just to show up and please show out. For him to show the world, you know, how mighty that he was. During our visits that we had, which were four times a day, Bailey and I would pray. And let me tell you, she's one of the strongest women that I know. I've been blessed to have her in my life since she was a baby, pretty much. And I thought I was strong. She's much stronger. We would walk around that room and we would pray and we would hold our hands up high and we would be praying out loud. Um, you know, just, we never gave up hope. 
because we knew that our God was good all the time, no matter what. We held on to each other, our faith. We'd enter that hospital and we'd begin to pray all the way down the hallway before we ever got to his room. And it was about the last three days that my prayers changed. Um, I started praying for God's will in TJ's life. And on that 19th day, Jesus decided that he needed him more than I did. And I remember, I'm sure Brother Dale remembers through this process, he told me at the end that there's one thing he could tell me that I would never go through anything more unbearable than what I'm going through. For a mother to lose a child, it's the worst thing that could ever happen. And he was right. I've never felt pain like this before. I've never, it just never goes away. And I know one thing, um, I'll never be the same. But I am thankful. I'm thankful that I was blessed enough to have TJ in my life for 31 years. You know, God just lets us borrow him for a little while. I'm thankful I got to experience his beautiful face, his big old brown eyes, his long eyelashes, his infectious smile and laugh. Um, I'm glad God let me enjoy those things for the time that he did. My son loved hard. He worked hard. He loved Bailey and the kids more than I can even describe. He loved his family, and he loved the Lord. I'm thankful for the little things that he did. I was looking through my closet, and this card fell out, and I just want to share it with you. Um, it's a Mother's Day card that he, he didn't buy for me because he said, Mom, cards cost too much. They're like $5 and something. So he always made me one. And this one says, from your son, now I understand when you reminded and repeated and checked on and waited up and worried and asked about so many things that I thought were no big deal. It was because your love for me was bigger than anything I could ever imagine. And, and I, didn't, I didn't know it until I had a family of my own. Thanks for being such a caring, loving, and wonderful mom. Happy Mother's Day. I got a lot of these. He saved a lot of money. <laughs> so today I want to tell you that I'm thankful for my Savior. I'm thankful for his word. I'm thankful for you, for my church, for all your prayers and support and love, for my family, my grandkids, my close friends. I'm thankful for my person, Aaron, who stood by my side and never left me. <laughs> My family and I will never be the same, and we have a long journey ahead of us, and we still need your prayers each and every day. Thank you. Um, so 
when dad asked me to come and speak, the word that kept coming to me was obedience. Um, so today I want to talk about um, obedience as God's people and what that's looked like for me and my family personally. And then some of the truths that we've learned um, that we've always heard but have now become a reality to us. And uh, so I want to start with um, some scripture from James 1, 22 through 27, which says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself polluted by the world. Um, and if you have time, go on and read James 2. It talks about faith and deeds, and it goes along with this perfectly, but trying to keep it down to 10 minutes. So um, that's where I stopped. Um, so I believe very strongly that God's people should be about doing what God has lined out in his word for us to do. Um, the Bible is there for us, and God has already lined out things that he wants us to do. Um, I wrote some things down. Loving others who are hard to love, loving others who have nothing to give in return, being a servant, Jesus came, he was the perfect servant, and he could have been a king. He could have put himself um, above everybody else, but he chose the opposite to be a servant, and that's what he wants us to do. Um, being busy with work that has eternal value, um, not just being busy for the sake of being busy. Um, I wore my shirt. It says, you can do hard things. Um, there is a place for you in the kingdom of God, and it's not a small thing. It is a big, and it is a very important thing. My dad once said to me, um, think of the kingdom of God and think of our role here on earth as like a play. There's different parts. There's bigger parts, and there are small parts, but if you don't show up for your part, it affects the play, no matter how big or how small you think that is. So you have a part in the kingdom of God, and you can do hard things. I People come up to me, and my thing is foster care. Um, when they hear that I'm a foster mom, I don't say anything. They automatically go, I couldn't do that. And part of me wants to be like, okay, if you're not called to do that, that's okay. Um, but don't say you can't do it, because you can do it. And when you say, I can't do that, you're putting God in a box, because it's not going to be you doing it. It's going to be God doing it through you. And so you can do hard things, and as scripture shows us, you were called to do hard things, and it is your job to do hard things. Um, so as I said, for us, for me and Tyler and our family, obedience was foster care. Um, so we've been doing this for about a year. We opened our home in October of last year, and right now we're actually kind of in a break. We have a couple of kids with us for the weekend, but um, we'll open our home back up on in January. Um, so the last year has been pain and heartache and 
lies and brokenness and um, being the the bad person for trying to do something good. Um, that's the position we've put ourselves in because broken people hurt people and they don't want to accept your help and um, you will become the bad person when you try to do what God has called you to do. Um, despite all that, it has also been the best year of my life. Um, it's the first time that I felt like I'm truly doing what I'm supposed to do. And um, I said earlier, um, not being busy just to be busy. Being busy doing um, things that have eternal value. And um, people have eternal value. So having these children in my home, um, it's eternal value. Um, So I'm going to move on. Um, truths that we have learned. It's kind of been a theme throughout the entire day, which shouldn't surprise me. Um, my number one is that God is faithful. He has been overly faithful to us in the last year. And if I'm able to look back over the last 14 years of my life, because I feel like God called me to foster care when I was only 18 years old, um, I didn't know what that would look like, and I didn't really have a plan for any of that. Um, but I can look back now and see where God has been preparing me for that since I was 18 years old. Um, even so much to the job that I got out of college, which was a nanny job, which I'm not a nanny. Um, my dad actually laughed when he heard that I was going to take this job. And I was mad about this job. Um, because I'm not a nanny, um, and every other job I applied for, nobody would give me a job, and so, um, but now that job has given us so many connections to win, which is where we live, and um, it's given us so many relationships that go all the way back to that job 10 years ago. Um, when we moved to win, I thought, oh, Tyler's taking a new job, and we need to be closer to him because we have three kids now and that hour commute's too hard. That's the extent of what I thought that move was. Um, but that move was 100% God preparing us for the moment that we would say yes to foster care. Um, my caseworkers live five minutes from my house and there have been many times over the last year where they've had to drop everything and come show up at my house because trauma has broken out in our home and you know, they would still be my caseworkers if I lived here in Truman because they cover a really large area. But the fact that they were five minutes away sustained us and got us through and helped us and helped us to learn. And the church that I go to and win, um, one of our values is loving the fatherless. It was one of the core things that they built the church around. And so we have six foster families in our church and we have support groups and we have a whole system set up to support foster families and God knew I would need that he knew that I would need it for me and he also knew that I would need to be a part of it so that I can minister to other foster families so when I say God is faithful he has provided in the day-to-day -day little things but he has been working for this moment in time for 14 years and 
I can't take credit for any of that. I had no clue that that nanny job would play into my life now. So um, I think sometimes we say God is faithful because he provides for us. And yet there's a part of us that can say, well, but I went to work, so that's how I, you know, can afford my food. And, uh, you, you know, you kind of give yourself a little bit of credit for the things. But in this, like, I cannot give myself any credit. God has been extremely faithful, and he's been working for years in ways that I just can't even imagine. Um, the second thing I want to say, um, the truth that I have learned that is hard, um, and you will not learn this until you are obedient and you step out in faith. Um, but it's giving up the comforts of this world for godly obedience brings peace that this world cannot give. Um, the week that we were about to receive our first placement, um, we had gotten a call. We were going to take in a nine-year-old girl and a five-year-old boy. And we had some time to prepare. Sometimes you don't have time to repair, prepare. Sometimes they're like, okay, we'll be there in 15 minutes. But we had, you know, several days to prepare. And um, I had that moment of like, what are you doing? Like, you're about to wreck your entire world. We had renovated a house. It was perfect. It was exactly what we want. Uh, now you can go, you know, see where a hole's been patched up. And there's lipstick marks on some blinds. <laughs> from some of the kids that we've had in our home. Um, but yeah, there was that moment, like, Ray is two now, you're getting out of the baby stage, life's about to be easy for you, or easier for you, and what are you doing? You're about to ruin everything. But one question I ask myself over and over is, but if you don't do this, if you say no to foster care, what would you be doing? And almost every answer was, self-centered um good things I would be taking care of my children I'd be you know going to my husband's basketball games I'd be living my life um all good things but they were all self-serving and they were all self-centered and the truth is I can still do those things and open my home up to children I'm just gonna have to give up some of those comforts and um I've done both I've lived in a comfortable life and not had peace because I wasn't walking in the will of God. And I've lived being obedient to God, my house being complete chaos because there were nights when my house was complete chaos. But I had peace because I knew that I was doing what God called me to do. And you cannot understand that until you do it. Because no matter what I say up here, there's still a part in your head that's like, no, if I say yes to what God's calling me to do, I know what it's going to lead me to, and there's no peace there. Um, trust me, if you are walking in the will of God and you're being obedient, there is peace. It's a supernatural peace. It does not mean your circumstances are going to be easy. In fact, it probably means your circumstances will be harder. Um, but there is a peace there that you will not be able to understand. Um, so I wanted to read from Matthew 25, 31 through 46. Um, and this is my favorite passage when I talk about foster care. Um, it says, when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another 
As the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on the left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. And they will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Um, this verse does not mention foster children in name, but when you open your home to foster children, other than the prison part, and even then you might can minister the, to the parents that way, but <laughs> you will do all of these things. You will clothe, you will give to drink, you will give eat, you will give shelter. Um, they are strangers when they come into your home. Um, you will do all of these things. And I think it's kind of crazy because this is talking about, you know, the end when God is choosing who goes into heaven and who, who doesn't. Um, he doesn't say, you know, you who read your Bible or you who went to church or you who prayed or you who was a, participated in church events or all of those things are great. All of those things we need to be doing as Christian people. Um, it strengthens our relationship with Christ. All very, very important. He's, but he chose to talk about how did you love people who had nothing to give in return. Um, and I think that that's a big deal. Uh, that should bother you. You should read that verse and consider, okay, how am I doing these things? Am I doing these things? Um, what can I do to get involved to start doing these things? Because God thought it important enough to use that as the standard for who gets into heaven and who does not. And uh, so I think that should land on us hard, and it, I think it should make us think about what we are doing and how we're being obedient. Um, I'm going to end. Uh, I want to say that, you know, sometimes when we talk about the will of God or the plan of God, we kind of shut down because we're like, I don't know what God wants me to do. It's too hard. Um, we think it this big, this big path that we need to go on. But you know, the Bible lines out for us things that he wants us to do, and you can do them where you're at um, now. Um, like I said earlier, you know, loving, those, loving others, uh, serving others. Um, there's a quote from Levi Lesko that says, sometimes it's not about doing brand new things, but it's about doing old things in a new way. So maybe it's about caring people at your job 
instead of just the job itself, like look up, look at the people around you, care about them, it's going to make your job more difficult because when you care about people, it makes things more difficult. Uh, just doing your job is easier, um, but that's not why you're there. You're there to love people around you. Um, maybe it's about letting go of some of the busyness that we do with our children and start investing in them and doing things with, of eternal value with them. You know, when, peop- when we said we're foster care, we're going into foster care, you know, people automatically, well, what about your kids? What about my kids? They're going to be okay. Uh, <laughs> Raleigh's looking at me like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have got to see them do amazing things. You want your kids to see Jesus? Take them with you. Go show them Jesus. Um, Jesus shows up in um, brokenness and pain. And, you know, my kids might learn some bad words. They might hear some scary stories. Um, Your kids are going to hear those things anyway. Um, But if I bring that into my house, I get to control how we talk about it. And we get to learn those things together. Um, I've seen them be able to forgive better than I forgave. The kids that come into our home, they're not always the most kind. But they don't care. They, um, they move on. And they love those kids. They ask about them. Sometimes I'm like, that kid was so mean to you. Why do you want them to come back into our house? But um, they've learned to forgive better than I, I can. And I can't teach that to them just by reading them a story. Um, so you want your kids to see Jesus you have to take them and show them Jesus. Um, so maybe that's what, you know, obedience looks like for you. Um, so I just, I challenge you to start being obedient. Uh, put down some of the things that keep you busy. Um, look for things that have eternal value. Um, I can't promise you that at some point down the road, God's not going to ask you to do something big and crazy and life-changing like he asked me to do. Um, But I can promise you that if you say yes to it, that there will be peace and there will be faithfulness and he will bring that to you in a big way. Um, Because foster care is my ministry, um, I want to end with that. Um, The cool thing about foster care is a ministry that the state government actually wants the church's help. Um, we can't say that about a lot of things, Um, but they would love for you to have their children, their wards of the state. They would love for you to have them in in your home. Um, So Poinsett County numbers as of October 1st were 79 children in care and 14 foster families, which means there are 35 beds. which isn't even a half a bed for children in your county. Um, I know statistics don't change people's hearts, but those numbers should bother you because those numbers represent a kid that needs a home, but they also represent a parent that needs someone to love them, a parent that may be in jail that needs someone to visit them, and maybe a parent who needs help 
learning how to be a parent, um, learning how to get their house in order. Uh, and these are things that the church is called to do, um, and it's happening in this town and in your county. You don't have to move overseas to become a part of the mission field. Um, so I just, um, I want you to consider that. I want you to think about what you're doing with your life. If you're being obedient, um, look up, notice the people around you, notice how you can serve them, how you can love them. And I promise that God will be faithful if you do. All right, all three of you did just a tremendous job. We're going to have a prayer time right now and get ready to pray. Uh, every testimony, one thing that came out, there's a lot of things in each one, great things. One thing that comes out that I was thinking of is, I see this over and over, when somebody goes through something, they, uh, they say, I'll, I will never be the same. And my answer is, well, you're not supposed to be. You're not supposed to be. It's happening. God's allowing it. God's ca causing it to change you on purpose. When you go through something like some of these folks have gone through and are going through, you're not supposed to be the same. That's the point. God is using it to change you. Now, you heard three testimonies, uh, very different, each one, and that's supposed to be. Each uh, seed, each person has a different story and I know that that God's working doing things in your life that probably has nothing to do with anything that any of the three have said or it does but each person is so unique so different so special that God's doing things in your life right now and it's supposed to change you it's supposed to he's trying to get your attention he's trying to speak to to you it's probably not going to be what these three have gone through and are going through, but it's yours. So God's trying to deal with you. God's trying to speak to you. He's leading you to something. This morning, prayer time is different because usually when I preach, I'm, you know, I just try to get on one thing. That's not the way it is this morning. It's all different things, all different people here, but one Holy Spirit as he speaks to us. What is God trying to say to you? What is God trying to teach you? I'm going to ask you to stand. This is our, uh, this is our prayer time. And, of course, we have an altar here. You can come and kneel and pray. You can stand and pray. You can have a seat and pray. But this is your chance to talk to the Lord, just you and him, this special time. If you have anything at all that you need to come and pray about, you need to talk to Jesus about this. That's what this time's for. If you need to come and pray, we invite you to come. the Lord His mercy is more stronger than darkness through every morn I 
Sins they are many, his mercy. 